So I've been a little strapped for cash lately, so I'm thinking about going after the humanoid typhoon. Sixty billion double dollars will take care of a lot of my problems. Mitchell, that's a that's a fictional character, though. Now the thing is, I'm not going to go out with any crazy schemes like gun arms. I'm just going to use a regular gun. You, you know, there's no actual money, right? It's a little bit. I know it's risky, Ryan, but come on. If you help me, I'll split it with you. Oh, Mitchell. <laughs> Welcome to Final Form! I'm Mitchell. And I'm Ryan. Uh, and we're actually doing an anime we both really like today. I know, I know! Although I had to come down for the high of not getting that prize money. Mm, yeah, yeah. Came down to earth there, did you, bud? Yeah. 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 So, uh, it's been a while. Really? I haven't noticed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, been a hot minute. Um, head colds. Yep. And other various sicknesses kind of got in the way of a little bit. So we're going to do two episodes today, back-to-back. Uh, you might see two various episodes in your feed. We're going to just record them. It's, and it's not a trick of your mind. You've not gone crazy from missing us no, so much. No, They're you, real. Yep. It, this is not like the X-Files. You did not lose time. Um, so we're doing Trigun. I love this one. Yeah, me too. It's definitely in my top 20 animes. Yeah, uh, I mean, I haven't only seen like 30 anime, but yeah, top yeah. 20 for sure. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the first mature anime I saw that actually was not disgusting mature, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this, okay. is, this is an adult story without adult parts to it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's um, The adult side is more in terms of the... The stakes and the, the cons- tone, yeah, and the philosophies, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it still holds up pretty well to this day, in my opinion. Like there are parts of it that have aged, but everything ages. Yeah. Um. So when did you first watch Trigun? I actually cannot give you a date, but it is when I first started being able to use the computer unsupervised, truly. Okay, okay. Because I had to watch this on really old streaming sites. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember their names. Gotcha. Um, this was one of the first anime I really watched. Um, I mean, I've only been into anime for a couple of years now. Um, but Cowboy Bebop being the one that really brought me in. Mm-hmm. And I chatted with a friend of mine. This was actually uh, just shortly after Jedi Drop It started. And um, I was chatting with a friend, telling him about how I wanted to watch more anime. And when I mentioned Cowboy Bebop, he said, oh, you you should watch Trigun. Mm. And I don't think it's the first time I've heard those two kind of tossed in the same category. Yeah. As someone who's not watched Bebop, it tends to get tied to it a lot. Yeah. Like, some like to say Bebop is more... It's a much better story, but this one is a really good to watch right after it or to supplement with it. Yeah, yeah. And they're both from the same era, so they do have mm-hmm. that same coloration to them. Yeah, like, This yep. is the era of when I felt anime colors were at their best. They're vibrantly dull, I like to call it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to bring it back to the Full Metal Alchemist episode, it's got that kind of look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I gotta admit, when I first watched Trigun, when I was a 
say maybe three, four episodes in, didn't like it. No. Did not like it at all. And and that's, I think, me being not used to anime and being really thrown off by uh, how it would go back and forth, like, mm-hmm. between this super happy, almost, like, like, like very over-the-top cartoonish yep. vibe to just grim... Um, I don't know, uh, like the, the the deep uh, philosophical side of it. Yeah, and I couldn't I couldn't grasp it. Bash is the biggest embodiment of the trope, crouching moron, hidden badass. Yes, and that dichotomy of how the show handles it. The show itself is a yeah. crouching moron, hidden badass, with its really silly, goofy, almost Looney Tunes actions, and then wham. Here's this actual impactful thing yeah. that happens, but but when they um, when they get deeper into, it, I feel like he is one of the more justified mm-hmm. of that trope. Um, in that he's wearing a mask, he's very much wearing a mask. Yeah. Um, not only to to try and maintain his own happiness, but to, to he puts on a strong face for everybody else. Yeah. Anyone who becomes a friend of him, he immediately doesn't want them to get sucked into his darkness. So, yeah. here's Goofy Bash. Make you yeah. happy, make you happy, make you happy. Which, which is this great layer to that show. I know. Which apparently, ha- my happy Bash dance made a dog interested. <laughs> yeah. Try and get her calmed down. Yeah. Again, this is becoming a regular part of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I will admit, I didn't really get to watch very much Trigon. Uh... Leading into the preparation of this show, because I got sucked into Steven Universe, and that that's a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> but it's not too inaccurate for, uh, like, they're very different, but they do have some similar things to them. With a goofball main character who has his serious moments. Yeah, absolutely. Although I would not say Steven is a uh, crouching badass. No, but like... He has the potential to be one. Yeah. You know what? We're going to get in into that a little more on, on a later recording. Yeah. Yes, yes, we um, are. But uh, we should probably go over what this world is in uh, Trigon. The actual planet is called Gunsmoke. Yes. That is, like, the most Western name. Like, this is basically sci-fi Western. Yeah, which and, I, I think is why Cowboy Bebop gets tossed in there. Yeah, because that's... Yeah. This is more Western, Bebop's more sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. But they both have the elements where the other part just takes over for a little while, from what I understand. Again, having not watched Bebop, but having seen enough of it and heard enough of it from people. Yeah. yeah. And I guess you could describe Bebop and Trigon as, like, different sides of the same coin. Yeah, I could see that. Which means when I finally get to watch Cowboy Bebop, I'm pretty sure I'm going to like it. I think so. I, I... Yeah, I think so. Not, not to, um... Praise it no, too not, much. <laughs> I, I will always praise Cowboy Bob. Uh, not to pinpoint uh, the biggest correlation I see in your anime, but um, Spike Siegel is an intelligent protagonist. Good enough for me. Yeah. And that's uh, another thing about Vash is that people tend to forget how smart he is in places. Oh yeah. How much? The thing is, a lot of his fights are won by him doing math in his head, without telling you how much math he's done. Yeah, pretty much. Like. There are several times where he's being shot at by like five or six people with automatic weapons, 
And then he's like, when they're done shooting, he realizes, that guy's out of ammo, that guy's out of ammo, that guy's out of ammo. That guy has five rounds left, so if I take his gun, he can't, no, they have no ammo left. Yeah. And they're like, how the hell do you... And but Vash is so believable in how he does that. Yeah. And Vash is one of the few characters I feel really works as a pacifist. Like, that he's a big thing. Yeah. Is he wants yeah. everyone to walk away from any kerfuffle. Yeah. And he is... Even if you are a stone cold killer, he'll still take a bullet for you. Yeah, because no one his philosophy is no one has the right to take another life. Yeah, which is it adds an interesting aspect to the show. Yeah, it it does paint Vash as truly a childish and naive in places, but for good reasons. Like, yeah, there's a lot of pacifists in media that you're just kind of looking at them like, no. No, or you already broke that rule, or you know you're basically, yeah. they're basically hypocritical in places or nonsensically. But Vash is so, for lack of word, stuck to his guns of pacifism. Everyone lives, everyone walks away. Yeah, that it really works. And every yeah. time tragedy happens around him, the world blames him, and Vash is not arguing. That he's like, no, no, I, I have, I it was my fault. All this happened, despite the fact. Most problems in Vash's life are from people chasing him. Yeah. If they left him alone, there'd be more cities standing. Yeah, it's true. But the thing is, because he has such a big bounty on his head, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good reasons to chase after him. Yeah. There's one episode where a town has no money, they're falling apart, they've got no means to survive, none of them can move away because they're on a desert planet. It's expensive to leave. Yeah. Without supply, but with with supplies, and they can't leave without supplies. Yeah. So the whole town tries to catch them together, just so they can buy the means to fix their town and save themselves. Yeah. And half the town wrecks itself for doing it. Yep. But they're like in for a penny, in for a pound. They've yep. got no choice but to. That's a great episode. It is. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, because it's the one where you finally figure out really, Vash is true. Self, like yeah. this is the one that paints Vash. Like he, he wants people to be happy, but he still has some self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of get that the the darkness yeah. that's going on inside his head be- behind the face he puts up. Yeah, um, and it's so well done. It's not it doesn't beat you over the head with it. No, no, not at all. And it's just, just also one of the funnier episodes, in my opinion. Yeah. Because yeah. the whole town's in a racket, and the one that some of the side characters are trying to calm them down because they've realized, oh, this is the pattern that's going to keep repeating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so one of them takes out a megaphone and is yelling at the crowd, and they don't even hear her. No. <laughs> she even uses the megaphone on the mayor right, right to his face, and his reaction yeah. is, yeah. no, no, we still have to do this. <laughs> but the thing is, what I like about that is, technically, there, no one really is stupid in that scene, like... Everyone has a logical reason for acting a little bit on the crazy side. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Vash's reason is to keep people safe and to keep himself alive. Yeah. The insurance girls are trying to keep people alive and not have to pay out massive insurance money. The townsfolk and the mayor are, our town is falling apart. This is all we got. Yeah. And when the mayor calls in some wanted criminals because basically thinks the lesser of two evils will solve things. Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense, but you immediately get to watch this mayor crumble because he's like, "Oh, I've made the worst mistake. Why did I do this?" Yeah. But you know why he did this? Yeah. 
They need the money. I just realized that Trigon did a better version of Suicide Squad than than, <laughs> than Warner Bros. <laughs> See, I honestly think Trigon could kind of work as a Western movie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see the that. The only character you would need for a Trigon episode really is Vash. Yeah. Because you can do episodes without his friends. Not as good. Yeah. But you could. Yeah. yeah. And it would kind of be a slapstick action comedy. Mm. Yeah. All, all I can say is Jackie Chan needs to direct like, the action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, so, to... Uh, spin it from uh, the more serious side to the more fun side. I should note that you got a you got a package of donuts here <laughs> for recording. Yeah, Vash's favorite food is donuts, and yeah. the insurance girls always try to bribe people with donuts to say, "Oh, hey, uh, here are some donuts from the insurance company, so you'll listen to our pitch or calm the hell down." And I couldn't help myself after watching, you know, Vash mumble at donuts, eating donuts. I'm like. I want some donuts now. Yeah, I know. Right? I'm a sucker for like that. Yeah, that happens to me. Like if I see a character eating a pizza, I'm like, <laughs> right now I want. To... And especially they start describing the pizza, I'm like, mm-hmm. you're evil. You're so evil. It happened to me recently with a food, and I don't remember what it was offhand. Well, the last one besides me for donuts was pizza. I was watching something, mm-hmm. and they're like yeah. eating one of those long, stretchy cheese pizzas, and you're just like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, that brand, yeah, I just realized another similarity. Steven Universe, he loves donuts. <laughs> wow, I didn't think about that. Yeah, literally like goes one to one, a do- donut one, shop in almost every episode. Yeah, yeah. one of his friends yeah. <laughs> works at the donut shop. Um, anyway. I guess we should probably talk about the other characters. Yes, yes we should. And what I like about these characters is every single one of them that ends up falling Vash has like a nickname to them. Yeah. Like, uh... Meryl the Derringer, mm-hmm. because she's got 50 Derringer guns hidden in her cape. Mm-hmm. Which, that's a stupid idea. No, no, it is not. She is an amazing trick shot. Like, uh, Oh, yeah. Almost as good as Vash. Yep. Uh, there's Millie the Stun Gun, who carries a Gatling Gun stun gun, which fires these giant cross things that just knock you on your ass. Yep. They're not lethal. They'll stun you. Because you'll be unconscious, or at least have the wind knocked out of you. Yep. And then there's the most famous character besides Vash. The, like, okay, I don't know the the Trigun fandom very well. He's the fan favorite, right? Yes. It's gotta be. As soon as you see you see this character, as soon as you are introduced, you're like, yeah. Okay. Nicholas D. Wolfwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. The priest who carries all that mercy on his back. <laughs> I love that. He's got this yeah. giant metal cross. like Not like an X cross. I mean like no. an actual... Jesus yeah. of Nazareth's cross because yeah. he's a man of the cloth yeah. who carries the mercy with him everywhere he goes. Yeah. It's full of handguns, it's a machine gun on one side and a rocket launcher. Yep. Because he brings the Wild West kind of mercy. Yeah. And he brings it so well. And he is a foil to Vash. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He's very much by the if you kill someone, they can't kill anyone else. Yeah. Especially if this person is a non repentant killer. Mm hmm. There's nothing wrong with trying to save the innocent. Yeah. He's all for that. Yeah. But when a crazed gunman is chasing you down and killing everyone along the way just to get to you, no, Wolfwood wants to shoot them. Yeah. And you end up finding yourself, at times, agreeing with Vash and yeah. agreeing with Wolfwood. Yeah, and see, that's something that um, I really like in, in a good TV show, movie, whatever, yeah. anything, is if you can get two characters um, who are complete opposites... Who rarely agree, 
but you find yourself kind of siding with both of them at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that that works so well and they do they nail it here. Yeah. Now, one thing I don't really get is one of the most infamous uh, fandom gay pairings is Vash and Wolfwood. They have no chemistry, in my opinion. They come across more like brothers. Like, yeah. That really don't like each other, but will mm. still save each other's butt because that's what brothers do. They became uh, basically brothers of n- in arms. I'm pretty sure every character in every form of media has at some point been shipped with every other character. But this one is like, word of law, there's so much evidence. I'm like, I oh, really? the entire thing and I don't see any of it. Yeah. The closest they get is they'll joke with each other. Yeah. Because despite the fact that they have very different views of the world, mm. their personalities are kind of quite similar. Yeah. Opposites attract. Yeah, I guess. Kind of, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. the thing is, Wolfwood in the show has way more chemistry with Millie. Yeah. And yeah. Meryl, of course, has a massive crush on Vash, and Vash is trying to... Mm. One of the things about Vash, he plays the ladies' man because he realizes ladies don't like those creepy ladies' men. Yeah. So it prevents him from getting women to follow him. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, yeah. he doesn't want them caught up in his whirlwind. Yeah. And what happens when they get caught up in his whirlwind? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Exactly. But Meryl still follows. Because it's her job to. Not because she likes this Vash guy. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I... If you don't have time to watch the whole whole series, I do recommend the movie. It's basically just yeah. a longer episode, and it's really well done, and it has its own different kind of philosophy to it, where the movie talks about when you save someone, you're casting a die, and you've rolled that die, and what the outcome is, that's your fault. Because Vash saves a, kill, a, a bank robber and killer, yeah, and he yeah. comes back 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens is this Vash's fault. You could say yes, you could say no. Vash just didn't want anyone to die. Is is it his fault that this guy went on and do more crimes? Mm. Logically, yes. Emotionally, no. I no, I don't agree. I don't agree that it is Vash's fault. Because if you're saying that it's Vash's fault, then you're kind of erasing the idea that this killer ever had any free will. Point taken, point taken. It, I mean, logically the killer could have been saved and said, I, I gotta change my ways. Yeah. And that does happen in the series. Yeah. Vash's interactions change people for the better. Exactly. But not always. Yeah. So can Vash take credit for the good deeds these people do? If he can take credit for the bad deeds, then he has to take yeah. credit for the good deeds. I mean, there's the opposite side of it too. If he decides, if he makes the decision to end a life not knowing the full outcome. Yeah. I mean, who knows? That that life could have saved other lives. Or it could lead to someone being scarred by that death and swearing vengeance on the world. Exactly. You don't know. And that's why Vash's ideal of saving everybody yeah. is the easier answer, but the way harder to execute. Yeah, absolutely. And the main villain of the series likes to point that out to Vash. Yeah. His, I don't know, well, I'll just say it, his brother Knives. Mm-hmm. Who? Yeah, he's pretty much anti-Vash. Yeah. Now, Which I'm kind of, you know, the evil twin thing. Yeah. It's overdone, but Knives is such an interesting character who legitimately loves his brother. Like, they should yeah. really hate each other. They love each other. Yeah. They just think the other one is just delusional and crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And like brothers are just trying to, you know, save each other, help each yeah. other. Only Knives is, well, he likes to twist the knife when he jabs it into somebody to yeah. save them. Yeah. And he is such a good villain. Oh, yeah. A great behind the scenes villain. There's mm. lesser villains that work for him that are more of a spotlight, and they're very good too. Yeah. And I love almost every second of the show. Like, it's really good. Just everything on my list above it is just slightly yeah. better at doing what it does. Yeah. Now, uh, that's one way in which uh, Trigon and Cowboy Bebop are very similar. Mm. Their execution of their villains. Yeah. Um, not in terms of what the villain is, what they represent, or, or even how they're portrayed. Yeah. But the way, like, and I'm pretty sure the same episode count, 26 episodes for both series, right? About that, yeah. So, roughly around there. Um, Four DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. But Trigon, just like Cowboy Bebop, waits till almost halfway through the series yeah. before really introducing the villain and then slowly building up to more and more features of that villain. And, like, it, it's almost exact. Like it's, and it's a great, it's a great uh, use of pacing, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. you spend the first half of the show getting to know these characters, yeah. getting to like them, getting to... So if you're halfway through and you're just enjoying the leads... Yeah. When something comes to really threaten them, if you were if you're slightly invested, you're probably fully invested by that point. Yeah. Rather than most shows, they just show off the villain first. Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. unless that villain is you know, Doctor Doom charismatic. Yeah. It's really hard to do that. Yeah, it is. Unless that character has, unless that villain has a lot of growth too, mm-hmm. which is another thing anime does very yeah. well compared to other shows. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I remember specifically about watching the show. Um, as much as, uh, as I said, when I first watched it, I, I couldn't get the hang of the... Back and forthness? Yeah, the sort of dichotomy yeah. of, of the light and the dark in the early episodes, which I did end up enjoying, but my, you know, just first watch sort of thing. You know, in retrospect, can do yeah. that to you, yeah. Um, but once I got to the end of the show, like the last, I don't know, half dozen, yeah. dozen episodes, something like that, I remember... Every time I watched it, I, I was just kind of like, I want the old stuff again, because this is dark. Where's the lightness? <laughs> you're basically, you're, you feel so sorry for Vash. Yeah, it, it just, like, the show gets increasingly more dark. And just keeps kicking him. Yeah, and, like, the la- like the last, run- like, string of episodes, there's just no room to breathe. No. Like, it's, it's not, that, not complaining, it's not that it's bad. No, when they it, finally end the show, you take this great big gasp of air. Yeah. And it's such a good gas. Yeah, yeah. It's a flawed ending on purpose. Yes. The ending is not going to work out for Vash. No, of course. But it's the so it's the Vash's answer he could come up with. Yeah, exactly. And that means Vash is kind of back. Yeah. He comes back with a smile on his face. Yep. And it's a genuine smile. One of my favorite lines from Wolfwood is, he looks at Vash after he's after Vash has helped a kid and says, "There's a real smile." Because Wolfwood could tell all the smiles before then yeah. were fake. Mm-hmm. And they do draw it differently. They draw yeah. Vash's true smile to be... You look at his usual smile and you go, Heh, that's a goofball. But his real yeah. smile? It warms your heart. Yeah, it legitimately... Yeah. Like, it's just this one panel of him with the biggest yeah. smile on his face. But it's not even a goofy smile. It's no. just, here's a little kid safe and sound in his mom's arms. Uh, I think it's a girl's... Anyway, yeah. the kid is safe in their mom's arms. Yeah. 
And that's all Vash wants. Yeah. Everyone's safe with their family. Yep. And to truly be a part of restoring that, <laughs> I don't care who you are, you're going to have that goofy, that big of a smile. Yep. Now, here's a question for you. Um, why do you think it is this show didn't take off as much in Japan? I haven't the foggiest, actually, but I understand why it took off so well here. Yeah. Because it definitely feels like a weird 80s sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we've, Westerns, in general, do better in the West. Yeah, you're right. And I think it's just that right mix of, this creator had these ideas, and they didn't work home, but they blew up elsewhere. Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know how you would feel about that. Like, you, you made it for your home market, and it didn't do well, but everyone else loves it? Mm. Do you take pride in that? I never thought about the Western angle. Yeah, I think that might. I think you might be onto something. Because I don't. I don't think of many animes or mangas in general with a Western vibe to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, the um, there is a similarity in ways to the Western genre and the samurai genre. There is. And, and yeah. That that is the closest I'm seeing. Like, there's like some of these great samurai anime. Yeah. Have semi Western vibes, but it's not the same thing. It's no. not. They even kind of point that out. There's a samurai who tries to kill Vash. Yeah. yeah. And even the samurai has to use a gun at one point. Yeah. (laughs) Both his sword can fire off from his handle and his sheath has a rifle in it. I'm like, Mm. eh. That's another thing I think really took off in the West is the designs of a lot of these guns Mm -hmm. and the details to it is very much more south of our border. We kind of enjoy that. Yeah. I enjoyed the random technology, but every now and then I'm just like, why would you design a gun like that? Mm. Like, I think there's a trumpet gun. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? It's pretty ridiculous. What? Why? <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Say what? But then there are really cool things like giant cyborgs with rocket-powered rocket powered arms mm-hmm. with, like, cables to pull the arm back. Like, oh, okay, that solves the rocket arm never coming back problem. But then there are goofy things like the first episode of the giant boomerang. Yeah, yeah. This show's got some interesting designs. It's got some interesting designs. But the main thing that really sticks with me out of all of that, though, is the original voice cast is so yes. good. This is the first time I ever heard Johnny Young Bosch not in a Power Ranger suit. I think me too, actually. Even and though he, it was only a couple years ago. Yeah. yeah. And he nails Vash. So yeah. Vash is still one of his favorite characters. Yeah. He almost always wants to have stories about Vash. He loves to see Vash cosplays and whenever he does like a poster of himself Vash is somewhere on that poster unless someone else made that poster oh yeah it's the quickest way of telling did he make the poster yeah like or did his like manager make the poster or did the studio make the poster or did the convention make the poster Mm. so so if there's a little Vash somewhere or a big Vash it's either him or his manager yeah and that's must be great to have a character you can come back to yeah, absolutely. And he did come back from the movie. Like, he yeah. basically would have begged if they didn't want him to yeah. come back. Most of the cast did not return to the movie mm. for various reasons. I think some yeah. had retired. Yeah. Others had obligations and just... But he would have, like, stopped everything to be vanished, mm. from what I understand. Um, side tangent. I don't know why this just popped in my head. Uh, and it's completely not anime related. No. Did you hear about the controversy recently with the new Scooby-Doo? No, I have not. So, uh, they're doing a new Scooby-Doo cartoon movie. Yeah. And they recasted Shaggy. They're okay. not getting Matthew Lillard. 
Okay. And Matthew Lillard didn't find out he had been recasted until they released the cast list. Wow. Yeah, he he saw got a link to the new cast release of a Scooby Doo movie, and that's how he found out they were doing one without him. Ow, that's that's, like, that's fucking awful. That, that must be like being dumped by your 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 yeah. other just changing their Facebook status. Yeah, because Matthew Lillard, I mean, he did the the live action Scooby Doo movies, which, which was the only good part of that, that movie, if you ask me. You know what? I've rewatched it last year. That movie is way better than I remembered. Okay, I have like watched... I, I I I remember my memory of that movie is like, oh god, that movie. My I, memory of that movie was just meh. I like the Shaggy though. I've I've rewatched it and it was so much fun. Well, I'll take your word for it. Um, but well, yeah, he, but, but, but since he's done that, he's been he has been the voice of Shaggy in basically every iteration since. And he has been amazing. Yeah, I mean he's the I mean he does a great impression of uh, the original Shaggy. Yeah, Casey Kasem was it? Uh, Casey Kasem I think was. Was he Shaggy? I thought he, I thought he was uh, Scooby. No, Scooby was Frank Welker. Yeah, um, who I think is still doing Scooby. Yeah, <laughs> that man will die as yeah. doing either Megatron or Scooby. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think you might be on something with Casey Kasem there, but I, like, I know Casey Kasem was Robin for a while, and he was yeah. many many Transformers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes, he was because uh, for a while Shaggy was a vegetarian because Casey Kasem was a vegetarian. Oh, there you go. There you go. Some Scooby Doo facts <laughs> and Casey Kasem facts and an episode of a Trigon. Yeah, um, but I don't know, man. Like, I I don't I don't often uh, take a stance against like you know the the politics of movies or, or yeah. TV shows. And not that I was particularly excited for the new animated Scooby Doo cartoon, but I'll fucking boycott it, man. I mean, <laughs> over this, if, if they had told him they were recasting before that, I would be like, okay, yeah. don't boycott. But that's a jerk move. Yeah, jerk move. Yeah, exactly. Like, have the balls to say, hey, we're replacing you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't like smoke signal to him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the rest of the cast of Trigon, yeah. Yeah. in the original dub, I love Wolfwood's original voice actor. Mm, he just yeah. has that... To- I can't remember his name off the top of my head now, but he just has this great delivery yes. for all of Wolfwood's lines. This kind of, I don't give two shits, but I give all the shits kind of yep. delivery. Yep. Like he is the reverse of Vash. Vash tries to always give all, all the elves energy at once, Wolfwood's like trying to be reserved, but goddamn does he care? Yeah. Goddamn does he love the world, even though he keeps pointing out how shitty that world is. Yeah. And the girls, Mer- Meryl and Millie, they, they just bounce off each other so well. Yeah, yeah. Great chemistry between those two. Yeah, and because a lot of their scenes are just the two of them, yeah. they needed good chemistry. And yes. oh my god, did they get good chemistry. The girls to replace in the movie, not as good. Yeah. But like, A minus. Mm. And that's probably just because my nostalgia is yeah, overriding. But yeah, it's hard, I, hard to get. But past my nostalgia is not enough to say, "Oh no, these two girls are terrible." No, these ones are great, great. Yeah, the Wolfwood in the movie, eh, he has some good lines and bad lines. Okay, he doesn't seem as good, but he's not a bad choice. Yeah, but there could have been a better choice. But that's just me. Yep. Uh, so I've got one more thing. Sure. With Trigon, before we move on. Yep. Um, and I think it's the most important. And maybe my favorite part of Trigon. Okay. That opening. Oh, uh, you want to know what that opening is called? Yeah, sure. HT. HT. Humanoid Typhoon. Ah, there you go. What I love, though, is that ending song. It's not as good as the opening song. Yeah. But yeah. that ending song is such a good... And mm-hmm. like both the, so, the soundtrack in general. Yes. They don't have a very wide soundtrack for the show. No. 
but they know when and where to use certain songs. And yeah. that opening always gets you pumped. It does. And then it usually smash cuts the goofiness. Yeah. <laughs> when I first watched it, I was kind of, I kind of scoffed at the opening. I was like, fucking, you know, it's, it's like... Dramatic scenes? No, not, not, even, not, the, not even the animation. Oh, the, the, mu- the music itself, because oh, okay. it's it's very... Um, Simplistic? It's it's this... I'm trying to... It's not metal guitar, exactly. It's more of like a hard rock. It's very... Very uh, hard rock. It's like Pantera-esque. It sounds, yes. like, it sounds like Dimebag Daryl playing guitar a little bit. Um and like I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of music. I I, I, I enjoy it myself a lot. I, I I like I I can respect it, but yeah. I don't really choose to listen to it. Yeah. And when I first heard it, I was like, okay, whatever, sure, yeah, this is a real rock and roll. And by like episode three, I was like like dr- hand drumming along. Yeah, because that little drum sound of the song is so good. <laughs> yeah, because there's like. There's there's a lot of weird like off beats and like it sounds really straightforward. Yeah. But, like, like I said, that's why it's described as simplistic. Yeah, it's it's simplistic, but like elegant. It's not as simplistic as it could be. No, no, no. Like if you you took that main guitar riff and put it in the hands of lesser musicians, yeah, it would be much simpler. But like the the choices they make in the breakdown and certain parts are. It's, I think it's one of the best anime openings I've ever heard. Yeah. I think it is really, it's like... It's definitely the best anime opening with no with no lyrics to it. Yeah. I will put my fist down on that. Like, that is a true statement. Uh, and, I will, I want, and if there is a better one, have at me. I want to hear it. Does Cowboy Bebop count? Because uh, they, they say a couple things. I, I consider that the voice more of a vocal instrument. Yeah. Not, not, not they, don't, they don't sing in yeah, Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, there's a vocal instrument, so... Yeah. I've heard Bebop's opening. Yeah. It's good. But it ain't as good as Trigons. Oh, no, no, no. See, Cowboy Bebop, for me, that opening, I think, is the single greatest opening to any TV show in the history of television. Oh, I, wow. I, I will stand by that. And I mean that in terms of the music and the visual. It is perfectly paired. When, uh, when we get to the, the uh, Bebop episode, I'll have my yeah. arguments for that. But I'm yeah. glad yeah. that passion is. There's two things I want to talk about left now. The first one I want to talk about is at the end of every episode that like poem or mm. soothsaying bash gives or description. Yeah. The, like, yeah. the next episode he gives a preview, but he doesn't yeah. like spell it out for you. He just kind of philosophically discusses what's going on. Like, yeah. you know, is the man guilty for the gun he makes? Stuff like yeah, only way better. And Johnny's delivery for those scenes are just so soothing, mm. even when he's talking about such disgusting death or pain and suffering. It comes across as a great philosopher. Yeah, describing it to you. Yeah, and the last is there is no cat in every episode. I don't know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> nope, no idea. What cat? <laughs> um, but overall, Trigon is one of those shows where I'm like, if you want an example of a story that'll take you seriously, yeah, but not itself seriously. Yeah, it's yeah. a great place, and it's one of my favorite places to recommend people who want like, oh, I want a show that's for adults. Yeah, here's Trigun. Yeah, and they always come back and ask me why is it called Trigun. I'm like, it's because he carries three guns at all times. Yeah, his handgun, his hidden gun, and his other hidden gun. <laughs> when you find out the third hidden gun, yeah, yeah. Um, I would you say Trigun is a is a must watch for anime fans? Um. It's a must-watch if you really enjoy more mature things. Like if you just yeah. want like goofy fun or energetic, upbeat stories. Yeah. No, 
But the general audience, I think most people would enjoy this. Yeah, I, I think so too. I especially th- think if you're uh, like I know some people who only like westerns. Yeah. Give this a try. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You may not like it, but it will broaden your horizons. Yeah, definitely. And I know people who only like sci-fi. They'll also enjoy this, and it will yep. broaden their horizons. Yep. And it also points out how similar science fiction can be to old westerns. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not just in the, the way George Lucas did that. Yeah. But, no. They, when, when those things are combined well, I mean... They do really go well. I, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm I'm the one here rooting for Cowboy Bebop and Firefly. You know, it's, it's way up my alley, yeah. right? But, yeah, sci-fi and western sound so far apart. Yeah. But they're like peanut butter and jam. Yeah. yeah. They really do belong with each other. Yeah. They're great separate. Yeah. But when they're together, that's when, when they're done well together. Yes. Because... Uh, yeah, there's a few examples. <laughs> Cowboys and Aliens was more of like, hey, what if I took peanut butter and jam and then mixed them in a bowl together and made a cake out of it? <laughs> yes. Someone went nuts with that movie. Yes. Yeah. Now, for good reasons, that movie could have worked and they could have loved it. But yeah. Uh, yeah. They was... forgot to dial the madness back. Yeah. Or, you, you know that was John Favreau, right? The guy who made Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, where did that? Where did did you get hit in the head several times? Yeah. Or did you make that entire movie while high and no one could talk you out of it, or you were too ashamed not to make it? Because <laughs> I've heard of stories of like people writing a movie, like, oh god, I I I, I gotta stick with this, but I really shouldn't. <laughs> Somebody yeah. save me, and everyone else just can you can you just not put my name on this? And but the thing is, everyone else is just nodding their head because they're afraid to offend you. Yeah. Which is pretty much the entire prequel series, I think. Yep, that sounds right. Um, on that note, <laughs> you want to move on yeah, from let's... Trigon? Just talk a little bit about a little bit of news, maybe answer a little question. Here. Sure, sounds fun. Uh, I'm glad we covered Trigon. This was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, it was. It was so good to come back to this. It was. Not that I need an excuse to come back to Trigon. No. This is one of the ones I rewatch every few years. Yeah. If not, like my favorite episodes. Yeah, that's fair. It's the first time I've rewatched the entire series start to finish and the movie usually I'll watch the movie and that'll be enough or yeah. my favorite few episodes and that'll be enough but no yeah. it's all good so uh, recent anime news the uh, live action Gundam movie that is being worked on mm-hmm. hired a certain writer to uh, I, I don't know if he's producing I, think, I believe he's working on the script mm-hmm. for this thing and that is Brian K. Vaughn Comic book writer behind Saga, Paper Girls, Why the Last Man, Runaways, just yeah. And I know for a fact, I think he's one of Robin's favorite. Uh, he's probably writers. my favorite mm. at, at all. He's he's fantastic. Uh, he does a lot in terms of representation without it being forced. Good. A lot of great female characters. A lot of great characters of different racial backgrounds, and it's mm. never like the it's never the basis of the character. Yeah. That character just happens to be yeah this or that exactly. Uh, Paper Girls, great example. The lead character, I believe, is uh, an Asian American, and I don't know in the twenty plus episodes uh, issues that I've read that it's ever been mentioned. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we'll, we'll get to it if it comes up. Yeah. Sure, you know. Um, Saga is just fucking best i've talked about saga before saga is <laughs> like my favorite fucking comic series and it is amazing um i'm not kicking myself because i can't remember the name of my favorite comic writer what's the his name starts with james and he writes he wrote for uh more than meets the eye for transformers mm. he's a he's a british writer 
Okay. Uh, not ringing a bell offhand, but I don't. I don't he's I, only he's only done work with uh, IDW. Okay, that's why. Yeah. yeah. And mostly uh, just with Transformers, but he's yeah. a very philosophical writer. Okay. Which you've kind of known. Yeah, him, that's, it, that's, that's about right. Yep. Um. So, what do you think of this? What do you think of this Gundam well, live action? I've looked at his resume before. I'm like, that is a really impressive, you know, rap sheet you've got there, buddy. Yeah. That really puts me in a good mood. Like that's like. You give it to like a good writer like that. Yeah. And for what I understand, I think he said that he's a fan of the Gundam series. Well, that helps, yeah. Yeah, which, but he's not like a huge fan. Like, there's always that, like, you want a fan, but you don't yeah. want the mega fan. Yeah, exactly. You want the fan who's allowed to, oh, I've always wanted to, yeah. oh, I've always wanted to see. Yeah. You don't get the one that's like, no, it has to be the exact same thing, recreated to the exact milligram. Yeah. Like, th- that's fine, but. Yeah. Uh, what, what you want is. Not so much someone who obsesses over something being so close, and more someone who says, you know what, I'm a fan and I have ideas. I have something yeah. to bring to this. The ones who said, I've always wanted to see yeah. this happen. Or yeah. a character like this versus a character like that. Yes. Or the ones like, I love this, but it's flawed in places. Yeah. Like the ones, the fans big enough to admit that whatever they love is not yeah. truly flawless, even if they'll jokingly say... Oh, this is flawless completely, because yep. nothing is flawless, no matter how much you want to lie to yourself about it. Mm-hmm. And the ones who can't tend to be the worst, yeah. in both fandoms and writing. Yeah. Because I can think of a few examples where movies were ruined by too much by the book. Yeah. Not allowed, not like not even let the actors fill the role. Yeah. Because you've got an idea how this character is supposed to be. No, the actor's job is to bring that character to life. Yeah. As best as they can. Yes. Or how they interpret it. Yep. Uh, I think this Gundam movie could work. Yes. The more I, the more I'm looking at, it, the more my hopes are getting up. But I'm like, I hope not to be wrong. See, uh, the problem with a lot of anime bringing them to, uh, to Hollywood, it's if you whitewash it, you're gonna ruin it. Yep. But when they try and do the live action. Um, like I, I think of a lot of these Netflix ones mm-hmm. where it's it, like the budget isn't quite there because you mm-hmm. don't have the names attached to it yeah, and things like that and it's just I feel like Gundam is that perfect middle ground of you don't need to adapt any of the anime you don't need to adapt a story per no. se you can come up with a new story in this universe, in this world, the I, you just need really need to nail the idea of Gundam, which is yes. war is hell. Yeah, but there are reasons for this hell exactly. to exist. Exactly. So, like I said, I, I tend to make fun of Miyazaki for his War for Hell, but he yeah. never tends to also paint the other side of war, which Gundam has done several times. Yeah, and is is willing to point out that the hypocrisy is a necessary thing. Yeah, like one of my favorite ones involves ending war with violence. Yeah. That's the whole premise of the show. Yeah. And the characters keep pointing out that, yes, we are aware there's a contradiction. Yeah. The point is the contradiction. So. So, I feel like the main things you need to nail, the ideology, as you said. Yeah. You got to get the Gundams to look right. Yeah. If they, they're just CGI monstrosities. No, they need to the look. fans fun. will lynch you. And it's not that Gundams don't have weird designs, but keep the weird designs for like yeah. a sequel. Yeah. Go with the standard Gundams. Yeah. Or, but it's legendary pictures, and I have high hopes because as much as I didn't care for their story for Godzilla, their Godzilla design really worked for me. Right? 
Right. So they've got a good CGI team. They do. They have an excellent. They and they it, have a history of creating very lifelike, large. Yeah. Uh, CGI beings of some sort. I mean, that, you know, at times can feel like they're there. Yes. My brain still doesn't often see that. Yeah. But that's more, you know, the uncanny. They, they did a they did a great job with King Kong as well. Kong, I'll take your word for Kong it. Kong Skull Island. It, like they they've really brought Kong to life there. Um. So that brings me to the question of the episode. Uh, oh boy, questions! Which, which I came up with this week. This is this is my question. If you could have any creator of any kind of work, be it a, a director, a writer, whoever, any creator of any work to work on an anime adaptation. Well, I already made a joke that I want Jackie Chan to be like the action director for a Trigun movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could be your, your that choice. Would, that, yeah, that is a really good. I think that's probably the best one I'm ever going to come up with. Mm. Not just because I'm a massive Jackie Chan fan, but because. He gets action and funny so well, and he's done several directing jobs, at least from the uh, action side of it, yeah, and stunning side of it, yeah. I mean, stunt directing was always his thing. Like, even movies he started, he was the stunt director. Yeah, yeah. And that alone sounds really good, but I really think uh, Taito Watiti from Thor Ragnarok, mm. he needs an anime movie. Oh yeah, he, I, don't, I don't even know which one to give him. Like yeah. He, I, one of the goofier ones for sure. Yeah, like maybe him and him and Jackie Chan should work on Trigon together. That could work. That could work. That could really work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Titi. I'm trying to think now. What's a good one there? Jojo. Jojo. Yes. <laughs> Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, as directed by Taiko Titi. Oh, that would be good. Oh man. How many drugs do you need to go in? You don't need any, but you'll leave with them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I never actually came up with an answer, but I think I have one. Okay, um, I know who I know who I would like to work on it. Yeah, uh, this uh, director Denis Villeneuve. Never heard of him. Uh, he has done his most recent work was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay, he was the director of that movie, and he's directing the upcoming uh, Dune adaptation. Okay, he makes r- these really. Um, these really more subtle movies that aren't action based. Mm-hmm. They're more like visually gorgeous. The yeah. the effects work. The cinematography is amazing. Okay. But they're much more about the philosophy, about the story, about the character development. Yeah. And I feel like that pairing could work. What anime? I'm not sure. <laughs> the first one that came to my mind when you described that would be an actual good Death Note movie. That's possible. Because he, he he works well in in sci-fi, which is where I was, I was thinking of the visuals. Because he he did I um, hmm. did another movie called Arrival, which was great. oh okay I've heard yeah. Of it. yeah yeah well um I'm trying to think of a good one here I mean I know you're not a fan of the anime but maybe a Neon Genesis Evangelion movie mm-hmm. maybe could be an improvement on the anime probably I mean you know. Um, that's just what comes to mind for me. Um, I feel like there are probably some more, some more more good ones. Yeah. I'm, I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. No. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought that was a fun little topic to dive into. I'm, I'm hoping to do more of that. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to be trying to do adapt, uh, anime into these live action Hollywood films, get someone good behind it yeah 
Get someone who always brings passion to their work. Yeah, exactly. Not just, you know, your studio's third most successful yeah. director. Because they may not have any passion to it. Oh, I've got it. Denis Villeneuve making an Akira movie. You have a, a very easy way of bringing Akira up on almost every podcast. And I don't argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, there's good reason for that. I yeah. love Akira. I really do. Yeah. And uh, to segue into our next episode... Um, I'll tell you another good one. Uh, what about Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool, making an adaptation of One Punch Man? I'd watch. For some reason, I just thought of uh, <laughs> Del Toro doing Overlord. Oh, yeah, that would work, too. Yeah. Because that's really up his alley. Oh, Del Toro doing Death Note. That's the one. Yes, yeah, there, there we go. go. There we go. Give him that. Yeah. yeah. Well, honestly, at this point, just let Del Toro make whatever the fuck he wants to make, because he's fantastic. He is. Although uh, right now he's still working on Death Stranding with you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which I, I am so. still curious of what that what that going to be. No idea. Not a clue. Not all, a f- all I know is after I play it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to walk away and just stare into the sunset for a while. You might, you might play through that game and still not know what it was. <laughs> Considering parts of Metal Gear still does that to me, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, the next episode that we're recording, literally in the next couple minutes, and it should be up right now alongside this episode, uh, we're going to dive into the world of One Punch Man. One Punch! I'm so excited for this one. This this might be one of my favorite anime that we've covered on an episode yet. This one is slightly behind Trigon. Just yeah. slightly. Like, uh, it, it's, it's miles ahead for me personally, but... That's like, totally fine. Um, it's so good, though. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So, uh, before we do that, I guess let's uh, let's go munch on some donuts. Yeah, sure. Before that, we go before some typhoon takes them from us. Yeah, sounds good. Later. This has been a Jedi Dropouts production.